It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the Nostalgic Album Podcast, where we listen to the songs of yesteryear to make our current lives seem less shitty. Welcome to the Nostalgic Album Podcast. I'm Stovepipe. I'm Alex. So, last week, we listened to Joe Satrani and Lemonheads. Uh, this week, we are listening to two very much 90s situated bands. And uh, 90s and different. early 2000s, and very different, yeah. Uh, and I, that is, uh, for me, Blink-182's Dude Ranch, for you. Incubus's Make Yourself. Incubus's Make Yourself. And before we start, what are we drinking? We are drinking, as I thoroughly enjoy it, mm-hmm. Pigeon Hill's Oatmeal Cream Pie from Pigeon Hill Brewing. Oh, that is good. Michigan. Yeah, yeah, it's a good place. I've played there before. It's a nice, uh, nice, nice brewery for sure. One of the uh, many wonderful businesses in the up and coming downtown Muskegon <laughs> area. Yep. Yeah, I love Muskegon. So, um, Christmas is coming up. Sure is. And fast. Mm-hmm. This year, did it feel like it was quick to you or short? Kind of both. Quick, quick or long? This this, this year, given the you know pandemicry, yeah, is a uh, bizarre, right. stretchy mm-hmm. time warp of right. taking forever, right? Because you can't go anywhere or do anything as we sit here. Firmly six feet apart. Firmly six feet apart. Masks at the ready. Yes. And Yeah, I can't but, remember what life was like before the COVID almost. But also flying by because you haven't gone anywhere or done anything right. other than right. go to work pretty much. Yep. Yep. The days all blend into the and next. It's just all one <laughs> giant I know. I count to five and then my alarms shut off. If I didn't have separate alarms for right. the weekend, I'm not sure I'd know what day it was. Yeah, I'm just I'm not a positive person by by nature, but uh, comparatively, 2021 can only be better. I mean, <laughs> we have a vaccine, a, a, a new president, and uh, challenges that we can't even begin to predict. So, at the very least, it's going to be more interesting than this year, which was not that interesting. As long as by Hopefully, knock on wood, yeah. early 2022, right. we will all be back watching live music. Watching live music. Right. And allowing these bands that we talk about to keep doing the right. thing. To pay their bills. That allows them to yeah. pay their bills without having right. to be weird about it. Right. Although some of them are starting to figure it out with the like the pay per view live right. stream. Yeah, you'll see more of those. Some of those will will be there to stay. I know Bandcamp is going to be doing a pay. You can like buy concert tickets for a live yeah. stream, which um, I can see paying for even when I can go to live music. Like if there's a show you can't yeah. make or something like that. My my favorite one so far has actually been uh, Joe Bonamassa's. Pay per view that he did for an album release. Yeah, he did. He sold seats at the Ryman Auditorium. Oh wow! Yeah, sure. And your seat got you the pay per view, and he had you send in a picture, and he had a cardboard cutout made and put it in your seat, (laughs) so that when that's a good idea, filmed it. 
It looked like there was right. looked like there was people there, and you know you got to say, "Hey, there's my cutout." And right. So that was really interesting and a fun take. <laughs> that's a, that's on, a really good idea. You know, it. I don't know if it makes the performer feel like there's someone there too. It's got yeah. It's got to be a two way street on that one because there can be a little bit of the red light. No one's watching. Right. No one cares. Right. Well, there's been shows that I've done, certainly not to crowds that large, but uh, where I wished it was just cardboard. <laughs> sometimes a cardboard cutout looks more attentive than the idiots who actually are there sometimes. Not you all played, of you. Some you of you are a show great. with just me there once, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, you both certainly have. So sometimes, I'm sure to some musicians, cardboard cutouts aren't so bad, <laughs> as long as the sound man isn't a cardboard cutout, although I've had experiences where they would have been better than the actual sound man. But never at the tip top. <laughs> no, no, never. Speaking of that, <laughs> saveourstages.org is a great place to sponsor uh, or to, to support places like the Tip Top, Pyramid Scheme, uh, Founders for our, for our local venues, but look into your own local venues from whatever city and state you're in and find out how you can give them money so they don't have to close their doors and fade into obscurity. If you're in Grand Rapids, rent a pinball machine from the Pyramid mm-hmm. Scheme. That's right, you can rent a pinball machine from there, especially during the winter when they Buy especially it. need some money. Buy a shirt from the tip top. Yeah. Yeah, they're selling t shirts on Etsy. Yep. I've got I've got one. Yep. You're not wearing it right now. It's I am not. Dream Theater. They don't need your money as badly as tip top does. Not right quite now. as badly, no, but this shirt <laughs> is also right. ten or twelve years old, I think. <laughs> Well, speaking of giving people money, if you want to give us money <laughs> so we can buy more alcohol for this thing, uh, there's three ways to do that, and that is through PayPal, Venmo, and the Cash App. Through PayPal, you can go to you can send that to nostalgicalbumpodcast at gmail.com. For Venmo, nostalgicalbumpodcast, at nostalgicalbumpodcast, and then for Cash App, dollar sign, nostalgic podcast and if you want to send us a friendly message you can use again that nostalgic album podcast at gmail.com say hi to us on instagram and uh on our facebook page as well and feel free to post any albums that you liked when you were youngin and perhaps have even listened to as a non-youngin and compared the two listening experiences and if you're forgetful like us and can't be bothered to listen to the beginning of this again yeah to find all this info, it's all on the Facebook page. Right. Here, here. So we had very different choices this time. Yes, we did. Let's uh, let's flip this thing. Shall we uh, dispense with my, continue my undisputed <laughs> yeah, heavyweight right. reign? As I have not lost the, uh, the history of this podcast. Will no. it be today? If we did like 50 episodes of this and I lost every one, there's got to be something wrong with my standing in the universe. If you lose your 50th consecutive coin toss, if we get that far, we'll switch to a dice roll. Okay. (laughs) Please. All right. Go for it. Heads or tails? I don't even know anymore. Tails. (laughs) Does it matter? Whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a first. You're kidding it's me. Tails. I'm completely surprised and I don't believe you. Can I frame that quarter? It's right there. You're you kidding can, me. You can have it back. It's been yours. <laughs> Leave it. All right. Well, you know what? Good. <laughs> oh, what fun this will be. Let's talk about, for the first time in history, 
Let's open with Justin. Hey, let's Ooh. talk about Blink 182's Dude Ranch. Dude Ranch. Did this album live up to the magic? Very much so. Good. Um, as an avid Blink 182 fan, who's a better vocalist? Tom DeLonge or Mark Hoppus? Tom, who's uh, who's the bassist? Mark Hoppus. Mark Hoppus. I like uh, I like uh, Tom DeLonge. I think he's more interesting all, to me altogether. So, well, because he believes in aliens. Because he believes in aliens. Yeah, I, I like Tom DeLonge's. Uh, uh, I like him both, but I think Tom DeLonge. I like it. His my favorite songs. Wait, Tom DeLonge sings on "Damn It," right? I'd have to go through that because we'll, we'll solve it. They both sang on both all of them at some point, but okay. We'll just we'll do this real quick. Nope, that's nope, that's that's Mark. Mark. Okay, that's I can. Mark. I mean, their voices aren't are pretty similar. They are. Um, generally speaking, if it was a radio hit, it's Mark, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is kind of interesting, since like if you look in the liner notes, Tom is listed as lead vocalist. Really? Yes. No kidding. <laughs> for all of the albums, or just this one? At least for this one. Yeah. Um, I know. That, that's kind of a arbitrary thing because I've listened to enough Blink-182 to know that they're pretty much equal. Right. But, you know, <laughs> just one of those weird idiosyncratic life things. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I had a question and then I lost it. What? Why? Why does this happen to me? Is it because we I thought your focused? question was just why? I was like, <laughs> why? you gotta give me a little, a little something more, you know. Little, uh, Not that little, that uh, doesn't come daily at this juncture, but little, uh, little depth to the uh, <laughs> why, <laughs> why, why is this album? <laughs> I do find it interesting that they're able to, rec- they were able to record and get away with some of these things, yeah. But that's pretty much been their entire career because right. you have like a song on here like Dick Lips. Right. That's a great song. And... It's one of my favorite songs on here. Yeah. Where does this... Is this your favorite Blink-182 album or... Yes, at the end of the day it is. Um, for a couple reasons. Um, it's, it's very raw. Like... When this album was put out, pop punk wasn't the mainstream thing that it ended up becoming, and um, it still had like I do like pop punk, but there's a lot of really bad pop punk. When this album came out, it was like it was like what indie is now. You know, pop punk was back then. Yeah. It was something that like nerdy outcast kids listened to, and nobody thought it was cool. Like I remember like. Now, sharing is, like playing damn it for people i'm like i swear you'll like this song like this is stupid stover you know just like shit and and i and then everybody liked them of course they did but that was after enema of the state after enema of the state i think the difference is, is everybody loves the video for what's my age oh yeah and everybody I, loves and it. I, that's a great album i mean it's you know the difference is, is uh, on this one they were just a bunch of kids they didn't have a ton of money they weren't world famous like they were for like five or six years 
And I, I don't know. I like I, this one. I felt it was like most of their songs are about horny teenagers who are good at heart and just trying to make it through the world. And their latter ones, I felt like, though I did like most of them, it was more um, kind of. I hate saying dirty for the sake of dirty because I don't care what people choose to do <laughs> content wise. But it did feel like it felt like there's a little bit more heart on these ones. Um, a little bit less chase of adults trying to maintain adolescence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I haven't heard any of their... I've heard their more recent stuff is less humorous and more mature. But the thing is, I don't want too much maturity from Blink-182. No, I mean, I mean like, this is a band we're talking about that have two of the most formative music videos in yeah. my like right yeah. young childhood you know what's my age again is this pretty much just them streaking yeah i know that's great you know the at the time you know. of that which is a simple concept and then um which is actually then the video for rock show Mm-hmm. Is it Rock Show? Maybe it was one of the ones off. One of the one of the singles off. Take off your pants and jacket. Yeah. Where they, uh, yeah, where they did, where they were like, "This is the check the record company gave us for yeah. the video," <laughs> and they went and cashed it and got like a bunch of homeless yeah. people makeovers. Yeah, for really a crappy reason when you think about it, but. In the end, they did something nice. Yeah, and the um the the take besides you know Adam's song that song I find like really good. I remember reading this thing on NPR where a psychologist wrote about how that was a pretty healthy view of allowing suicidal people to express themselves. Um, but uh, but it's just the name. Like I said, the name of it. I don't care about content. If people want to be dirty, be dirty. But it just kind of annoyed me a little bit. Like, you guys are better than this. Take off your pants and jacket. That's something that a 12-year-old can make up. <laughs> you know, well, like, that's, in the end, that's why Tom DeLonge left the band. Oh, it is? Yeah, he said there was more than one interview where he was like, I'm like 40 years old. I'm tired of making dick jokes all the time. I didn't know that. And it's like... He decided it feels a little bit like he decided to grow up and then Blink-182 didn't. Yeah. But I also, like, it's it's weird for me because, like, my brain wants them to grow up because yeah. I did. But at the same time, I don't want them to because yeah. that's, like... The it's, yeah, it's holding, who they are. <laughs> yeah, holding the memory of these... Right thing of the yeah. things they used to be is yeah you know, it's like no don't you do that yeah i, it's, I don't know it, it just at the end of the day it depends if the songs are good out of it but even that one uh, don't waste your time on me i like that song all right that seemed like kind of a slight move forward like they were kind of taking themselves a little bit seriously uh but um with with this album it just sounds really good damn it you don't get sick of um, the opening track is a great one. This is where I belong. I I just remember a good a good memory is that um, it was I just graduated high school and I was getting to, into a little bit of trouble, and and I felt bad about it. Like I was, I mean, I was smoking pot a lot, nothing nothing serious, 
but like our my people in my church and my youth group leader all worried about me and just stupid guilt shit that that was completely useless and unnecessary but at the time seemed like a big deal and i out completely out of guilt and them telling me it would be good for me which means you know i i stopped misbehaving i went to a bible college totally unaccredited in canada uh it was basically a farm with with professors who barely had high school degrees and and i remember going home and they wouldn't even let you leave that much and i remember i went home on uh on some weekend that i got approval to leave and listening to that first song this is where i belong and i just knew then i was like i need to quit this bible school as soon as possible and i did and and that was probably one of the first decisions i took ownership of um the first decisions that reflected me taking ownership of my own life and uh and it, it you know that's the whole thing about uh music is uh it's there for you when you need it and i feel like that's what i like about this album is that i needed i mean i was i was the horny teenager with a good heart <laughs> that this album was made for and so for most of us though yeah exactly I mean, it's kind of it's an i feel like it's in everybody's adolescence it, yeah bit. it is Especially in the late '90s and stuff. So, and I was just thinking about when I was listening to this. Is like I haven't listened to this album in years, and it sounds just as good as it did um, when I first heard it. And I think that answers the unanswerable question: uh, is that it ages well when it consistently is there for you throughout your life, from childhood into adulthood. Still sounds good. Still actually has a relevant message to you. Um, and at the end of the day is one of your favorite albums. The albums that end up being your favorite albums of all time, are, I think the ones that ha- for you have aged well. And this, this one definitely did. Mm-hmm. This is a top 20 album. It's just, it's a very, I'm trying hard not to let my questions yeah. temper my oh. <laughs> <laughs> opinion response. of it. And, yeah. Or like show my hand at all because, yeah. I, you know, it's. It's more fun when I get to yeah. know, re- actually like kind of like live my half of the right thing, but you know, yeah. I feel like we had a very inline response to yeah. this album. You think so? I I feel like yeah. we did. I mean, it, it's, it's a hard one to dislike if you grew up when we did. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to dislike Blink One Eighty Two when your formative years consisted right. of like that yeah even the songs that um i thought may not age well like josie i was i was i was remember before i i listened to it for the first time in a long time thinking like yeah it was a fun and cute song but it's basically about a codependent guy who depends on Mm -hmm. his girlfriend for identity and makes her pick him up when he's drunk but actually my listen to this was a bit more charitable like he you know he really seems to actually like and respect this this girl and 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 he seems like he's he's uh like it's if i feel like it's you know when people say like she's a good catch or he's a good catch josie is a good catch and i felt like that was reflected in this song i mean it's not perfect it's still got a little bit of that that uh you know the idiot dude and the cool girl like type feel but i felt like it had a little bit more heart than that again you know kind of you know like we've discussed it's an album trapped in adolescence yeah it is and you know that phrase she's a good catch he's a good catch is i feel like something 
parents say right. to adolescents. Yeah, that's true. Not necessarily yeah. meaning like hang on to this You're right, yeah. person. Yeah. Because they have very you know they have very different opinions as an adult when you find, you know, your person. Yeah. And Yeah, exactly. And like um even like the it is trapped in adolescence, but even the you know, song, the song "Damn It," which it's about growing up directly. This is growing up, you know. Like even that song, it's not like like slut shaming or something like that. Like it's more like uh, you know, you accept the fact that your relationship didn't work out, mm-hmm. and uh, you pick you you roll with the punches and feel like shit for a couple of weeks, and then get over it. Like I mean, you know, the, I I feel like these guys maybe deserve it tad more credit than we gave them uh not too much more credit but a little bit more credit like there seems to be a worldview behind this that isn't a, a bad one there's an, there's an upscale of thought beyond i think you so perceived as a uh right as an adolescent trying right. to uh navigate your way through this and you're like this means so much to me yeah right when you're Taking the lyrics at face value and right. not kind of next leveling them in any way. Right. There are still some songs that you can't really do that. I mean, yeah. Which I think so. Which one is the one where he's like, "No, I had it checked out, and the doctor says it'll clear up in a week. It's not contagious." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was funny. Yeah, they had those dumb little skits I in between. Really yeah, yeah, that was funny. You know, I forgot about those skits. I think as a kid, I just skipped over them or didn't, or just laughed and then forgot about them. Or uh, I mean, the heavy petting zoo stuff is kind of stupid, but I I chuckled in a infantile type of way. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was probably my. I mean, the song that I liked. Damn it! It's, it's amazing. I've heard that song a million times. Um, I, still I still love that song. Well, it's got a great riff. It's got yeah, yeah it's, it's unforgettable very riff. Catchy. It's catchy. I think we've all been through something like that. Like I said, I think that it's the message behind it isn't a bad one of moving on, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just a well written tune. Uh, I loved the song "Emo." I thought that was you know she's better off sleeping on the floor because yeah. she fell right off the bed. I thought that was a super catchy and and fun it was just it was fun like it's like being a kid like even the hard stuff is kind of fun (laughs) i was looking up the lyrics to damn it and i could sing every one of them or relay them to you right now well it's like you oh there it is That that line at the end of the second verse about being a day late and a buck short yeah. and still having to write your report. report yeah, a day late, a buck short. I'm writing the report. I'm losing and failing, and I lose and failing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good tune. And I, I appreciate that, like, kind of the <laughs> lyrical crux of yeah. the end of it is just like a shrug and go. Well, I guess this is growing. Up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's better <laughs> yeah, than a lot of people do. You it's know, kind of like you shrug and you move on. All the things that happened, and you went, yeah. "Well, yeah, okay, yeah." But I feel like we could riff on "Damn It" for a week. Yeah, that's it's that's... it's one of those songs. It was it like wasn't even the radio, and it's more popular than songs that were on the radio. It that's another thing that that's aged well is a song that that almost like takes on a life of its own. 
like it was on some soundtracks. It was on the Can't Hardly Wait soundtrack. It's showing up in probably like the OC or something. Oh, but yeah. it was never on the radio. But everybody yeah. our age ish knows everybody it. Everybody knows it. I feel like I heard it on the radio. I feel like GRD played. Really? But I. I think it was. I think it was after the fact. It wasn't like when the album first came out. I I won't stick that uh, flag in that hill and run it up there because you you can't really intro that song. It's like, how often are you going to hear a DJ and then like during evening drive? And here's the new single from Blink One Eighty Two. It's damn it, yeah. it's five forty five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, because it's like, yeah, they kind of titled themselves out of a single, but at yeah, the same right. time, everybody who bought this album who was our age, yeah. kind of like, right, that's the one we cling to a little, right. Bit. And, and I don't think they even meant to have a single. I don't think they had a budget that allowed for a single to be even no, a possibility. This is, this is a really, really. Oh, it's on an MCA. It's on an MCA. It was released. Print. It was, but but it was after they had already released it on. I think no label. Yeah. They were not rich and famous when they made this album. No, this they is... were when they made. Enema. Shove it up your butt, or what was the name? Enema. Yeah, yeah, Enema of the State. Yeah, right. Well, they got. I think it's they got like a world famous adult actress cover i think that's uh i know they had Alyssa milano for josie the 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 video i think that's janine lindemuller on the cover on the the cover of enema of the state yeah so who's on the cover janine lindemuller i'm not kidding but enough about the history that is not Blink. Right. That is not Dude Ranch. That is not Dude Ranch. But I feel like there's not much to cover when we're that early in a career. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk elevator speeches for this uh, little piece of yeah. pop punk gold. I would say this uh, this is a found, uh, when it comes to pop punk, which I think is still in the popular conscious. So kids, I would talk to in an elevator. Would know what I was talking about. This is a a foundationally important album uh, for pop punk, and for good reason. It's uh, endlessly listenable, repeated listens. It holds up great. There's not a bad song on it. It's made by uh, three people who had the whole world ahead of them when they started doing this. It was made with, I think, a very small budget. But um, behind that rough veneer, uh, you had stars in the making, and uh, that alone makes it interesting to me. And uh, it's it's really it's almost like a artifact of the late '90s, uh, and a good artifact. It's something that I hope people rediscover in 200 years, and I think that they'll be interested in knowing what we did to do what we did to pass the time. Uh, so, um, kid, if you care about music, if you care about yourself, and if you care about history, you will listen to this damn album and you'll like every damn bit of it. That's <laughs> You're going to listen and you're going to like it. <laughs> you're going to like it. That might be the highest praise I've ever, uh, I've ever manifested in it an elevator speech. Be. Yeah, elevator I, speech I, I think little, very... Uh... <laughs> I hope you had a couple of floors for that, but <laughs> <laughs> I think very highly of this album and this new listen after years of not hearing it. 
just just solidified that even more. So you, it had been a while for me too. So I'm going to ask you. Uh, usually, I don't ask this question for the uh, the switch over, but did this live up to the magic for you? It did. I mean, yep. There's kind of it has a little bit of that Blink 182 soft spot carry mm-hmm. because it's not my favorite Blink 182 album, mm-hmm. but you can hear all the pieces that would later become right those ones that sold you know tens of millions of copies right what is your favorite album of theirs i almost hate to say it but enema of the Enem- State. i love no, i love i love it but of the that one's State. got well, it's a better favorite. album i it mean is. i just i, I like i like dude ranch better what happens when you have major label backing right. is you get what you're good at right that, because they think what you're doing is gonna sell right and yeah, and I think they knew that they were gonna they were gonna make them tons of money. Like, how many singles did this album have? A lot, right? Because it had "What's My Age Again." Yep. Had oh crap! What are all the other ones? I'll, we'll do it later. Yeah, yeah. So for that one's twenty years old. Too, that one's twenty so. years old. Yep. Um, what? Uh, well, here here's a good question. Uh, what? What about this album did you not like that you, do you, that you think they've improved on since Dude Ranch? I, I don't miss the skits. Yeah. Really. I no, mean, I don't either. They were completely unnecessary. Unnecessary. They were a little silly. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, like we covered in your half, I laughed unnecessarily yeah. hard. At, what? I talked to the doctor and I, <laughs> he said it's just. You know, it's not infectious and it'll clear up in a week. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they there were no skits on their their uh, after albums, right? Their their albums to follow. Mm, there may be, but there were a lot less of them, right? I feel like a little bit like they did these because they <laughs> had studio time. Had studio time yeah. that they paid for already right. because mm-hmm. this wasn't a major label, right? Thing? No, no. I mean, it, it was an imprint after the fact. Mm-hmm. Did you? For me, this was a very. This really was a nostalgic album. I was I was back in my old hometown, uh, uh, going through certain things and asking certain questions. Did you have? Uh, what, did you recall what you? What, what type of person were you when you listened to this? Oh, I was very, very young. I probably. This was probably one that the first time I heard it was at like a friend's house. Because, oh, okay. You know, I probably wasn't technically allowed to bring this one home. It didn't have the <laughs> no. This pro- well, probably for well, good reason. It didn't have some degree. I didn't have major distribution. Yeah, until right. I was well old enough to decide that I could bring that home without <laughs> having to ask. But, right. Did your Did your parents were they were they pretty picky about what you could listen to? Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I kind of, there was never, I never had anything like mm-hmm. taken away from me yeah. after I brought it home. Weirdly enough, Weird Al was banned. Why? I don't know, and neither does my mother. We've talked about it. That seems like something you'd want your kids to it listen was, to. I Funny, clean music I by an interesting guy. An interesting moral dad and husband. To this 
to this day, neither one of us can figure out why, but mysteriously, Weird Al was banned in our house. I remember that was like the only thing my mom... My my mom was way harder on my... She was not hard on me, but she was a little hard on my brother. And she, he would bring home these albums, and she says no. And then he brought Weird Al, and she's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, well, we had the opposite experience. But I don't remember... I remember being fairly in tune to going, I can't really bring this home and have it. Yeah. It's a dirty album. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I was a, I was a good kid. Yeah, you were, you were a good (laughs) kid. I was an upstanding citizen. You were. Okay. Most of the time. You still are. Other times I have the scars to remember that by, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, what song on this, um, we talk about things age well, and I think part of that is you hear it, and it feels like you are hearing it for the first time again. What song on this did that? Another easy field goal. Obviously, it was damn. This is damn it, I mean, yeah, yeah. And I think that proves because, certain songs are just good. Yeah, it's just that is the closest. Like when you listen to this album, yeah. that is the closest glimpse to popular Blink One Eighty Two. Because yeah. the rest of it is all kind of got that right. garagey production. It is. And like and I said, like, I played it for friends. They're like, this is stupid. I'm like, you're stupid. <laughs> and then it, well, like this one kind of like sneaks in out of left field with like, all of a sudden this one's really loud. Right. Like, I don't know. Did they blow all the, did they mean to have that one be a single? And right. And so they blew all the post-production on that one yeah. and then the rest of the album is like the best single mix mm-hmm. and then they mastered it kind of right so the question i've been most uh looking forward to asking you about this um ever and i and i only concocted it since you told me that tom delong quit this band because it just felt like you know the expiration date had had long mm-hmm. been passed what do you think that they could have done that could have kept tom in the band and feel good about that decision like what what evolution could they have made that would have uh given him reason to stay because I, I think he's absolutely right i think that they he could not stay in the band if they were going to continue to do this i don't know if they could have really matured and had it feel right Right. because they would have had to develop some sort of all of a sudden they would Mm -hmm. have to have had some sort of like adult moral compass and a conscience and that's honestly like my counter argument is that's why like to him is that's why you went out and did projects like angels and airwaves yeah yeah boxcar racer do you like those bands not really. <laughs> I like I like Angels and Airwaves um, soundtrack work. They did a score for a movie called Love, which is actually a pretty good movie. It's uh, and and Angels and Airwaves doesn't. It? It's very good. I don't like I don't like his. Uh, I just want him to sing dirty booby songs <laughs> again. And so you know he was right to make that decision, is, but at the uh, same time. In his own way, he yeah. has accidentally worked himself into his popular box that he can't yeah. really do yeah. anything about. I know. And I know. He's he, either got to embrace it or just take his money and go count it, kind of. You know, he's he is an interesting guy, though. My my uncle Steve, who's 
just a genius engineer. He can play the eruption solo. Is a huge Tom DeLonge fan because he's like wicked into aliens, you know. And and I was like, man, I'm, I'm you know, I, I he didn't even know Tom DeLonge was like in Blink One Eighty Two. He's like. I remember my mom was like, ask Uncle Steve about aliens and you'll get a very long diatribe. And that's what happened. He's like, have you heard of the scholar Tom DeLonge? I'm like, I've heard of the dirty pop punk (laughs) lead singer from Blake Woody, too. The dirty old man who wants to see your chest. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. He's like, oh, he's in a band? You know, just like... at least he didn't ask you about that guy from the History Channel. Oh yeah, yeah, aliens, man. He probably he probably likes that guy. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> well, his whole thing is that aliens are already among us. They're not. They're no longer extraterrestrial. They live among us. They are terrestrial. They are terrestrial. So, um, so my final question for this one is um, before the elevator speech. Um. What was it? Oh, what was it about? We'll we'll cover we'll cover the um, enema of the state. But um, what is it about enema of the state? Very briefly, that makes you like it so much better than this one. Mostly the production. Okay, the production. That one's major label slick. Yeah, it feels like it's big. It feels like the pop punk that I'm you know most in love with. Most in love with. the offspring and all that kind the of offspring stuff. so we should cover it we should do we the, should. the anime of the state um elevator speech well do you kids want do you do you guys want to hear where paramore and <laughs> my chemical romance and insert just about every other yeah. emo or pop punk band that's come after them. This is the template. Yeah. This is honestly this is Southern California punk. Yeah. yeah it's it not is. really pop punk. Right. It's Southern, it's Southern California. California. Yeah. Punk, which has right. got hook and melody. Right. And, yeah. It's, it's definitely different than DC punk or East Coast punk. Um, so you, you you liked this album as a as a stepping stone to to the latter stuff. Okay. So um, on a completely different note, but similar, somewhat similar time uh, window, you picked Incubus's "Make Yourself." This was their third album. I believe it was their second. There's, one. Okay, Science was their first one. Yeah. Okay. And did this live up to the magic? Oh boy, did it! Okay, no kidding. Okay. I adore this album. Yeah. What's the lead singer's name? Brandon Boyd. Brandon Boyd, right. Who was Handsome at fella. the time going by the name Invisible Floating Torso Man Oh yeah. in the liner notes. God. I remember this is on the list of uh, the video for uh, Pardon Me is on the list of videos that scared the living holy yeah. shit. Yeah, that's a weird one. Because everyone starts on fire. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and um, but it's also my favorite chorus on the album. Pardon me while I burst. What is your favorite thoroughly top forty song on this? And what's your favorite non top forty song on this? My favorite thoroughly top forty cliched is "All Get Out" is "Drive." Drive, okay. Everybody loves that. I, I love that weird open tune. I love that open tuning. The chugga chugga. No, that's an acoustic song. Yeah, that is a good tune. 
The one that is not top 40 that I love the most. I have to pull up the track listing again. Give me four seconds because my phone is behaving today. Otherwise, I would need 10. Oh. Probably the warmth. That's I rem- yeah, that was the... There are so many good choruses. The warmth was an instru- was an instrumental, right? No, that's the one with the name I can't pronounce. <laughs> Battlestar something. Yeah. Something. <laughs> How did the warmth go? Oh, we'll play just give it a, enough. Give it a it dingle to, to do avoid to copyright avoid, infringement. To avoid fees. <laughs> with the one with the whale sounds at the beginning. Of course, they had whale sounds at the beginning. God. Yeah. Speak. <laughs> this shouldn't age well. Oh, yeah, I remember this song. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good tune. Yeah. Which would actually have been a great intro bet if we were. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> if that's, I that's hadn't a... recorded it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just whale noises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the nostalgic. <laughs> People duck and run out of their building. I was like, I thought it was an air horn. Align your third chakra with (laughs) (laughs) No, that should have been a joke for the tool. That's good. No, that was was perfect. We'll we'll save opening my third eye joke for that. Yeah, Yeah, do that. Uh, do you, so you like his voice? That's the complaint I hear about him is usually his his torso, and uh, and and his voice. It's, I can see the complaints about the voice, but I do yeah. like it. Okay, it's. I mean, it's like a Creed voice. It's it's no, got it's got that he's very gener- back of the throat type thing. He's very generic yeah. for that time period. Yeah, yeah. But no, he was. That was you know they were slightly ahead of Creed. Like. They were quite famous, right? They For, still they, are. They are okay. Somewhat. Have you seen them in concert? No, and I'd love to. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. Um, I just Mike Einziger, their guitar player, is one of the like one of their early. Yeah, like, my very earliest. Like he still plays with them. I think so. Because I really like the guitar uh, he's, playing. Uh, he's actually one of the first ones who I saw. Mm-hmm. Like I saw like a video, and I'm like, I need to buy yep. all the things he has. Like, right. I, he triggered like the gear buyer. Yeah. Which is the most dangerous aspect. <laughs> right. All right. Going on to Reverb.com, intoxicated. Yeah. Oh, no, don't <laughs> or so or sober. <laughs> With your morning coffee. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's a bad choice. Bad, bad choice. Oh, it's, uh, you know. But, um, so, one thing that, I remember I had a friend who hated Incubus when I was in college. And he said it was because of his lyrics were just silly. And, for instance, his biggest complaint, he hated the song Pardon Me because he said it's a song about contemplating spontaneous combustion which is not 
which is spontaneous. You don't contemplate it. <laughs> and he said, like, that's like that was like the the pinhole, the the uh, the eye hole that he viewed all of Incubus's stuff, which was pretentious shit that Brandon Boyd says as he plays the gym bay. I feel like whichever friend that was was miss was like wasn't digging deep enough into that song. Okay. What's your interpretation of it? Oh, that's not one I I spend a terrible amount of time interpreting, but I feel like it's more a crass interpretation of that you know, that person that you can never be enough for mm-hmm. because it's like right. I could set myself on fire yeah. and you and still wouldn't make a difference. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So pardon me while I So it's it, it's a total <laughs> metaphor. Yeah. He was he was being too literal in his in his reading of that. I can see that. Yeah. Uh do you do you know much of their latter output? I kind of I don't want to say gave up, but I kind of like Mm-hmm. Stopped paying attention after um, let's say the album Light Grenades. I mean, Morning View is when I stopped paying. I liked Morning View. Morning I, View was the one where I went, hmm, this might not be. Yeah. And then I bought. It was very mellow. Yeah. And then I bought Light Grenades, and that was much more. Yeah. Close, much closer to this again, right? And then there's Murder of Crows, which was like the super political the crow one. Left of the murder, crow left of the murder. Yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite now dad jokes to make whenever there's a crow very far to the left, of the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Really yeah. appreciate the yeah. uh, space for that joke. <laughs> yeah. If anything, you helped me with that one. Um. So my final question before the before the elevator speech is, um, like, what what do you think of Brandon Boyd? Is he do you find, do you take him to be a colorful frontman? Uh, do you like the band in spite of him? Uh, what I've heard you mention the guitarist and their overall sound and never, tunes you've liked. What, what do you think of him? I've never been given a reason to dislike. Okay, him. I mean. All right. I feel like people who there's a lot of people who might like them who don't because of him. Taken as a package, he's been far less polarizing to me than, say, the DJ. Oh yeah, is he still even in the band? There's no no, way they could find a place for him anymore. I don't know, but they got it. They gave him a track on here. That's that weird instrumental name we can't really pronounce. Or at least you don't like that tune. It's. Bizarre. Sometimes I yeah. love it. Most of the time, it's clear. Right, it's clear filler and could have been done. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of bands that weren't as good as them tacked on the DJ just because Incubus was able to do it successfully. <laughs> well, we'll try this. It yeah. worked for them. And do you uh, like it on Drive? It's got that subtle. Sometimes I feel the It's it fits, but okay. it's something that could again could have gone right. without yeah I, I i think i think that was definitely a product of its time <laughs> it's a little that song's a little dave matthews yeah honest. <laughs> yeah i think it's kind of like the let it be you know they re-released it without the string sections and called it let it be naked i feel like you could do that with incubus's earlier work without the scratcher dump the dj yeah dump the it. dj you know it was Goodbye, 
Here's another experiment. Whale noises and Dave Matthews. Matthews. Yeah, I would prefer the whale noises. So, uh, um, I mean, this is a man that's still uh, currently famous. What would your elevator speech for this one be? Let's pretend the person in the elevator is a 37-year-old Lithuanian drinking a V8 with no pants on. Oh, boy. <laughs> what, a, what a visual that is. <laughs> All right. Well, just anybody at this. He's general. He or, a, she or he or a, they is general. But. That was a startling visual for a second. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Minus the tracksuit and all. Um, <laughs> this album is... I feel like it's the template a little bit. For a lot of that, kind of like the opposite of the new metal, similar era. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's rock for the people who hate right screaming, right? Kind of, yeah, I can see that. People who still want it to be, yeah, kind of that Pearl Jam esque. Mm-hmm. Thing, but with more space and depth, right? And they're not even a heavy band, though. No, like they, they. I feel like they were on like, on like, uh, they were lumped in with new metal, but there's nothing. There's literally they play a djembe and didgeridoos. I, there's uh, nothing metal about this band. I saw a lot of Incubus videos go the backside of yeah. Deftones videos on MTV, right? Which is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like really weird. Yeah. Well, that my my story of Incubus is tied thoroughly into the Deftones. So, oh good. So. I think it's time that maybe we talk about your impressions right. of this album. Uh, well, what do you got for me? What are your questions? Well, was this a first listen? No, not at all. I was. I didn't think so. No, no. I I, I listened to them quite a bit from um, Science. I um, I think if I had heard it when it first came out, I would have liked it. But um, by the time Make Yourself came out, they were pretty different, and so that did sound dated to me. Whereas Make Yourself, I was I was pretty um, pretty blown away by by I just when I realized first we're forgetting a prior. Fungus Among Us. Fungus Among Us. That's what it was. I knew there was another one. And <laughs> so that was a total, like, the, hippie. It had, like, favorite things on it. It is the third album. Yeah. So there we go. Um, yeah. They, and they were, they were like, a hippie, weird band then. Well, it's the other side of California. Yeah, right. Um, did this album live up to the magic? Yes and no. It, it still sounded good. I agree with you. The DJ thing was... Not remotely necessary. It's an interesting um, touchstone of that period, um, but almost in a, like a cautionary tale thing. <laughs> Don't like do ju- this. just because it sounds like it should be innovative doesn't mean that the execution of it is. Uh, I it really can be. Case in point, Lincoln Park. You're right, but but Lincoln Park, they like the 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 two frontmen of of that band were good at hip hop, and so I can see why as a, a, a scratching would work in that. And this one, there's, there's, there's not. if Brandon Boyd starts hip hopping, I'm like, it's time to it's hang not. up your hat and I your djembe. 
almost feel like the DJ is the <laughs> friend that they couldn't kick they, out. They could, could kick out, right. Yeah, he was sleeping <laughs> on their couch, you know. He's just gonna, he, like, Brady Boy banged his girlfriend or something like that, so he had to... showing up to rehearsal and yeah. nobody had the heart to tell <laughs> yeah. him. It's or, like... His parents bought the PA, so right. they couldn't kick him out. It's like high, the first High Fidelity movie uh, where they say, like, they just kept showing up, and after a while, they were on payroll. <laughs> you know, it's, that's pretty much what I think that was. He, he's Milton Waddams from Office Space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what that some is. some glitch in payroll, he still keeps paycheck. <laughs> he's, he's paycheck. Yeah. Uh, what is your opinion of Mr. Boyd's voice? <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, and actually, um, I, I, I just loved them. And then, um, I remember it was in 1999 and it was my first year at Cornerstone. And when I arrived at Cornerstone, I had just attended Word of Life and I was, I was like, like Cornerstone's a pretty conservative school, but like they were liberal to me because they allowed you to listen to secular music. And in a lot of the kids there didn't listen to CCM. And, and I remember, um, someone playing incubus for me in their, in the car is my friend, Amanda and my other friend, Amy. Um, and, and I really liked it, but I felt sinful for liking it. Cause at the time I listened to Christian music and like, I, I, that whole slippery slope argument is, is true. I think, you know, in, in its in its places, it yeah. does kind of it does fit. You start here, you keep going down that 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 rabbit hole until you are you know doing heroin uh, off Brandon Boyd's djembe. But um, you know, it's kind of like a spoon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> good point. But I remember they they said uh, like, but like inside, I was like, is this sinful that I like this this that this music? And and um, they bought like ten uh, Deftones, Incubus, and Head PE tickets. Oh yeah, and um, they Head said Planet Earth. Head Planet Earth. Yeah, and they said, "Do you want to come?" And I said, "Well, I don't know. It's sin." And they're like, "Come on, just come to the fucking show," you know. And so I went, don't and <laughs> and I remember being so caught up in it. I mean, I had just repressed that part of myself for so long. That when I finally got a got a sniff of it, I just was like, "Oh, this is what I've been missing. I'm going to go to a million shows every week," and I pretty much did. I mean, all secular, <laughs> you know, <laughs> by by heathen bands playing. But um, uh, but but the show, yeah, it was it was definitely pretty transformative. Um, Head PE was terrible, um, truly bad. Still touring though. What whatever. Uh, Incubus actually put on a a, a pretty badass show. Uh, and, um, and Brandon Boyd, to answer your question, was actually really solid front person. He got the crowd involved. Uh, he's got a great voice. Uh, I mean, the djembe annoys me as an instrument, um, when it's played by a white person who looks like him, but he's, he was actually a really good player and did some cool, like, breakdowns. The guitarist was definitely the standout. I remember he had this, like, huge, like, like, fro, and was oh, yeah. just like zoning out. I mean, God knows what he was, how many drugs he was on when he was doing this, but like most of them. Just, mo- most of them. But he was just, he sounded great. And and then Deftones played, and they put on the one of the top five best shows I've I've seen in my entire life. I'd so love, it was a good night. I'd love <laughs> to see them. I haven't. Oh, seen them un, yet, and unreal. I feel like I'm missing out. I'm not like a. 
I'm not like a massive Deftones fan. If you saw them in concert, you would be though. They hold the correct place in my music okay. development for being able to appreciate right what they do and the, use them as a point of comparison. I just, I mean, like he is—he just—he had the the entire crowd just eating out of his hand. And, and he, he just seemed like a good dude. Like, there's somebody beating up somebody in a mosh pit, and he kicked him out and made sure everybody was okay. I mean, just it was just a good – it was a good night, and um, it was in Detroit, which is a little bit grimy. So it, it's it's a good memory. And when I came home, I, be, I mean, they became one of my, one of my favorite um, bands at the time. Um, so it did live up to that. It brought back some good memories. Um, this whole album didn't age well. I will say that. Um, Drive still sounds really good, in part because it's an acoustic guitar during a time when people were mostly playing electric guitars yep. on the radio. So that was pretty cool. And, and the DJ, that that useless DJ, actually sounds pretty good on that song, you know, because you can barely tell he's... He's there. He's playing it, yeah. He just, sometimes like, at the... Does uh, some little yeah. random scratches in places and... yeah. Um, the song that there's a song called Miss You, I think it was called. Yep. I miss you that I thought was like was pretty affecting. I, I thought it was a nice, nice love song. You do something to me. Like there's none of that machismo bullshit from a lot of the new metal songs. It was a guy feel, being vulnerable. You know, I, I thought like it was that's pretty good. Like the one song Well I it like did. it. Yeah. I feel like that's like the one song he like way oversung. Oh, he's totally. He, oh, yeah, he it's, like, it's it's uh, Jovi the crap out of yeah, him a he did. Bit. Yeah, but I mean, it was, it I I I think uh, like I said, they got lumped in with a lot of bands that had that Woodstock '99 break stuff thing, and at the very least, they didn't have have that. So I mean, it was, and then there were some songs I kind of forgot they were playing as they were playing, um, like that dumb instrumental DJ one. <laughs> It reminded me how much I liked. Um, I listened to Morning View after this. Uh, Morning View is almost a completely different album. It is, and that's kind of that's probably what caused me to kind of like shy yeah. away from shy away from that. Okay, like so far the opposite yeah. way of the page. Like there's not a single like this album has a couple heavy metal or new metal elements. Like Pardon Me. Um, Oh, how how do you do it? That's that song I still like to treat me like I do. How do you, you know? But that has like a, a breakdown and uh, some some of that overdrive. Whereas Morning View is almost like just like a chill. Are they from California? I'm assuming. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's like a chill California type album, and uh, maybe I'll pick that one for. That's twenty years. Is it? So I, can check I think it. so. But yeah, I would, you know, if I was if I was reviewing the album back then, I probably would have given it like a B plus. Um like this is a pretty damn good album with a couple misfires. Now, um in in retrospect, I would I would give it like a B minus, like, you know, this is not a perfect album, but in comparison, it's certainly better than a lot of their contemporaries. And and there's a few songs that are simply, you know, quite quite good. They just need to have less and less, you know, so fewer whale sounds. Fewer whale sounds. Yeah. I just, I, part of, I guess, I guess, part of like the love for me was like, this is like we talked about last week with Satriani. That yeah. was the rabbit. 
that was the keyhole. That was the, the keyhole. Yeah. The rabbit hole of instrumental. This was this was kind of the keyhole to the rabbit hole of buying pedals. But yeah, I can see experimenting that. Experimenting with yeah. what is the weirdest right. noise I could possibly Can I make a whale sound uh, with a guitar instead of <laughs> right. instead of NC... hiring a, a, a hired gun whale yeah. to do this? <laughs> Instead of needing an Enya CD. And... <laughs> well, when he was playing at the concert, one thing I noticed um, was that he did a lot of stuff on the guitar too, like he diddle fiddled with the yeah. with the knobs he, and such. I mean, he's he's a seasoned player, I think for sure. There's a lot of uh, like when I listen to it now with a better knowledge of technique and right. all that's all those fun things. Yeah. There's a lot of like. The chorus sound he uses, yeah. I love because I love really watery, shimmery. Right. But he does a lot of riding the volume pedal to right his volume knob to clean up his to tone clean up the tone, right? And then bringing it back up to get to his distortion instead right. of stepping on the box. And right. And you, you said the word shimmery. That is how I would describe this. It is shimmery. <laughs> Shimmery with with a little bit of the new metal stuff with yes. Morning View, an entire it's a shimmery from beginning to end. That kind of that felt a little like your elevator speech, so I'm gonna skip it. The elevator <laughs> shimmery. Yeah. Well, I, I I would add shimmery, and I would say um, I would say listen to these new metal bands. Then listen to Incubus and realize that they were lumped into them, and let me know what you think Somewhat about them. Wrongly. Right, somewhat wrongly, and, and let me know what you think. Yeah. I, I feel like they would either hate the some would hate the new metals, and love the Incubi, or hate the Incubi and um, or, love the new metal. Or you can be weird like me and love both of them. Yeah, I've already decided um, we're going to do a Christmas one for the next one, right? Um, two weeks. So is the next one we picked a two, Christmas one? It's two episodes. Okay. We have one in between. Okay. So, so. I'm going to pick Deftones Around the Fur. Ah, that's an excellent choice. Right. Well, You're going to pick like Joe Satriani's like seven disc non-released uh, box set or something. I almost went I with just come scene. here and like yell at you and leave. <laughs> you Take your piano suck. and... <laughs> walk out with your life savings and never I, talk to you again. Well, you're not going to get much. <laughs> right. Walk out with your $3 and... I'm going to go... I'm trying to decide if I want to stay in that lane. Have you heard Around the Fur? I have. not. I haven't been, listened to it. It's been a long time. Very long time. I, I can't imagine I won't, I won't like it a lot. At the time, I mean, I just... Did not stop listening Just to that. Really, yeah. Well, again, that's one of those things that was so so different. Yeah, when it came out, that it was right, kind of mind altering. Yeah, they they referred they they called themselves art core, some pretentious name that was pretty accurate. Like it was uh, weird. It was, and and they too were on a on a thoroughly mainstream album. Had some. I think uh, a couple songs on that were on the radio, you know. They were. They were rich. They were rich musicians. Mm-hmm. They had, they had their share. Yeah, certainly. Share is what you're picking them. <laughs> they had their share. Share. Turn we back could, time. We could do that, but 
Yeah, what do you got? I think I'm going to go a little further the opposite way of what I did this week. I'm going to do James Taylor's In the Pocket. Love James Taylor. So Deftones and James Taylor. Yes. And y'all will know about the Christmas albums when we do our very special Christmas. Very special Christmas one. In weeks yes so thank you so much for joining the nostalgic album podcast please buy us a drink you can do paypal nostalgic album podcast at gmail.com venmo at nostalgic album podcast or cash dollar sign nostalgic podcast do follow us on instagram at at nostalgic at nostalgic album podcast you can follow us on facebook And thank you so much for joining. If you have any albums you'd like to feature that you listened to as a kid and you'd like to listen to now as an adult and compare the two listening experiences, we would love to hear that. Be safe, wash your hands, take good care of each other, support your local venues, support your local breweries, and keep listening. Thank you very much. Good night, everybody.